waking up is so very hard to do, especially when you're late to sleep. I'm lying here in bed drinking water which has got a chunk of lemon floating in it. Somebody told me once that if you add citrus to tap water that it improves the outcome. It's dull outside. Very dull. Wet. I've had to already leave the house in my bare feet and put a plastic bag out for collection by a cancer society. It contains clothing. Perhaps I've put it out too late. Perhaps they came round very early this morning and found that there was no bag there. If it's still there at midday today, there is a place I can take it within about a mile and a half and I can deliver it to them rather than them have to collect it from around the estate here. Yes, I'm waking up. I'm tired. I need a shave. I'm going to shower. i got to get milk. The house is out of milk. And my... need to take my daughter. Actually, I have to get up earlier than I thought. Today, after driving my daughter to a writing lesson, which is due to have at half past nine, leaving her there for two hours. I go to work for the best part of two hours on the branding project that Roger Overall and myself are working on. We're now working on producing the first draft of the branding guidelines for the company. And uh, today we'll almost certainly see the finishing touches put to that. Today is the last day before Justin Plunkett, his wife and child, arrive from Switzerland. Well, they've been touring Ireland. Justin's from Cape Town, South Africa. His wife is Swiss. I was at their wedding in on the shores of Lake Garda about three years ago. How long ago? It's hard to remember. I know I spent a week in Tuscany and we drove up and spent a week around Lake, the, the shores of Lake Garda. Yes, today, that chunk of work what else has to be done later on today? The dog has to come for a walk. Have to have a good run. There'll be other things. And I really need to drag myself out of the bed. I enjoyed reading Wanderlust last night. Read a good chunk of it. Put it up as an episode on my podcast 
Cork with Love Adventure. And I'm thinking of changing the name of the podcast from From Cork with Love Adventure to From Cork with Love Adventures, adding an S to the end of adventure. What do you think if you have an opinion about that about how much a change will be caused by calling it from Cork with Love Adventures rather than from Cork with Love Adventure. Yeah, I'm going to do it, but I would love your opinion. Or I'd love to hear the opinion of somebody who thinks it's worth their while to express an opinion. It may not even be worth your while to express your opinion or to form an opinion. These are the dilemmas of life. Is it worth having an opinion about something? Not everything, we'll say. Here I advance a proposition. Not everything is worth having an opinion about. Second proposition. Not everything is worth expressing your opinion about. That means that your opinions and the opinions you express say a lot about how discriminating you are if you have an opinion about everything. Your opinion is usually regarded by other people as not being of as much value as if other people thought that it was significant that you had an opinion about it. If you have an opinion about everything, it means that you make up your opinions very quickly. And if you make up your opinions very quickly, you haven't got time to go very deeply into the formation of the opinion. And if you don't go deeply into the formation of an opinion, it can't be very satisfying, can it? Because everything is a surface opinion. If, on the other hand, you devote a sufficient amount of time to the formation of an opinion, that opinion has got more depth. I suppose it kind of reminds me of red wine. I pick red because that's what came into my head. You know, loads and loads of wine are produced every year. Loads of them. More wine than any of us can really imagine. But as you go back and you settle down to drinking a 2005 bottle anywhere, let's say Bordeaux, it makes a huge, uh, there's a huge difference in the satisfaction available to you from drinking that bottle, from drinking a wine that are a dime a dozen. It's time for me to get up now. Time for me to get up now. I've done enough thinking about whether I should have an opinion or whether I shouldn't, and I haven't even touched on whether 
it's of any benefit to me to express my opinions because you can be sure of this I have opinions about things that I have never expressed or I have opinions I've never expressed about things oh including how to talk how to talk well all the best I'll continue the story of a day in the life of a man who needs a shave it's 8.54 and I'm just starting a road journey not a road journey that in any way resembles the road journey that my good friend Debbie is on at the moment. Debbie Bridge is on a road journey that's thousands of kilometers. Put on your seatbelt, Paul. And this road journey has got Louis, English setter, in the back of the car. Louis in the back, looking out the back window, and I'm going to drive down a steep hill to my local convenience store, buy some milk, and get back home in time. In time means straight away. In other words, I'm, it'll take me no more than about a minute or so to drive down this uh, hill and I'll stay on the line talking with you so that you can get a sense of what it's like for me to have to go down the hill without repeating, deviating or hesitating during the making of the audio. Do you remember that program on BBC Radio called Just a Minute in which people would have to speak on a topic without hesitation, deviation or repetition? And if they paused for a second, the bell went and somebody else took over the opportunity to speak. And the real maestros at the game judged it so that they got control of what had to be said when there was only about two or three more seconds left to go. And they won the points. We're now at the red traffic lights. In other words, the pedestrian crossing the entrance to the school where my daughter goes is on the left hand side I hang a left here I pull into and as soon as I can stop driving I'm going to stop recording the audio yeah, the, the, the price of diesel is 135 and the price of unleaded is 147 these are cents by the way I think you probably uh, add 10% to each of those and that's how you find out how much it costs in, in dollars. Do you want to come into the shop with me? Okay, you can come. You may come.
the sound of a queue. into the back of the car. Oh, come on. Good job, good job. You ready? You're such a good dog. You can get from the back of the car to the front of the car. <clears throat> I forgot to factor in the length of time you'd be in a queue at any time of the day. I would, I hoped that I would have been almost home by now. We must not forget to get petrol. Petrol as we call it here, not gas, petrol we call it. And it's unleaded petrol. I'm remembering the one time, no I did it twice didn't I? The, the two times in my life that I have put diesel into unleaded petrol tank or no it was unleaded petrol into a diesel yes turn right at the green traffic lights and drive up the hill and the dog is capable of getting from the back of the car to the front of the car while the car is shot and capable of getting back into the the back of the car, which is I, I I would more accurately have called that the boot, not the trunk, because we're not in trunk country. Yeah, Ireland is not a trunk country; it's a boot country. First of August, two thousand and eighteen, start of a new life. A new day, a new way of being, a new mindset, new skin, new taste, new bullshit, new tensions, new excavations, new witherings, wotherings, wanderings. moment I'm driving, shortly I'll be walking into the future. Here we go, Paul. There's a patch, a dry patch, showing where I parked overnight. Time to go into the house and see what happens next. Before I took my daughter to Hyde to go for her riding lesson for 
and, and messing around or doing work for a couple of hours. I did some work myself on the branding project we're doing for the fish and chip shop or the fish and chip business or the fast food business or for CF Lennox. Yeah, we have a, 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 a rolling ball gathering moss. We have a branding document, a values, vision, vision and something else I can't think of right now. values, vision, and, yeah, well, the, uh, I began, uh, Roger did the framework, I did the first uh, additional content, um, Roger amplified the, or, yes, uh, elevated the content uh, in the light of our yesterday's splendid conversation about stuff which took us to a much deeper level in terms of the values underpinning this company and we got to the irreducible almost the irreducible minimum and I looked at document this morning wish I looked at it yesterday but it probably was a good thing that I did it under immense time pressure and I came out with a whole stream of stuff about branding what is the what do we mean by core values as opposed to values and uh, what do we mean by the brand of us our brand and they were better thinking those two bits core values stuff about core values and stuff about the brand of us they were better uh, thinking than I've well ever done before but what they really were was thinking and ways of expressing. In fact, they're not so much about thinking, but a, a fresh way of expressing all the stuff that lies under the surface. And I've, I mean, I've forgotten more about branding than I know, which isn't saying a lot. I've forgotten more about table tennis than I know. I've forgotten more about how to drive this car than I know. I'm mainly, you know, a forgotten man, or a man who forgets almost everything. Anyway, all that is to do with the fact that what came out of me came out of a place which was not at the forefront of my uh, attention and memory, and it came out of a deeper place. And you know the way you get really turned on by the latest piece of work you do as a as a painter as a poet you think oh wow this is some of my maybe you're not like this at all certainly I am a bit sometimes after I've written a poem or while I'm writing a poem I get well more afterwards I get the feeling wow this is really good then I bury it come back to it days or even weeks later and I say oh my god how did I ever think but there must be the enthusiasm of having done something in the first place, that's its own enthusiasm. Then the enthusiasm of uh, what, recency, the enthusiasm of recency. Yeah, I've just done it, so I'm more enthusiastic about it. And also the enthusiasm of innovation, if the thing is any way different from before, it, 
it feels fresh and groundbreaking and all that. And of course, all that's cobblers. What you've done, what I've done certainly, is a evolution, an accretion of new of stuff that's come out in a different way that I'm unfamiliar with and that I'm attracted to because it is unfamiliar. Come on, come on, Louis, come on. Come on, good dog. Come here. Louis, come on. Out of the car. Come on, good dog. Come on. You're the good dog. You're a very good dog. Now, do you know I'm going to take you out in the garden? I am. I'm going to take you out in the garden, and to get you out in the garden, I'm going to get a few treats. Yeah. You love that. Well, you don't really. You're hardly drivable. I know that for a fact. You, you, you're a good dog. Have one. Come on. Just uh, keep going. Right, there is more to this, more to come. This day is barely started. Oh, I need to get to Roger. That's the next stage. At 20 to 4 in the afternoon, I take my head out of the laptop. I've got 4% battery left on the laptop, and I have been buried in branding. Buried in branding. Writing things like our brand is what people say about us, what people say about their experience of us, what people might say about us, their memories of us, the associations of us, the connections of us, the imaginations of us, the sight of us, the sound of us, the touch of us, the smell of us, the taste of us, the heart of us. Oh my goodness, this stuff is fundamental talking about core values, the bedrock on which everything stands, lasting, foundational values. Yeah, all of this. Kind of heavy stuff, really, in a way. Trying to put into words what this... What drives this business? What holds it together? What's the glue? 
words like an early draft. We know we're human, not perfect. We know what it's like to live in hard times, to need good food and warm company. When we see a person, we don't see a machine. I won't go on. Talking about cleanliness, talking about being friendly, talking about being engaging and inclusive, talking about quality food in quantity, talk about excellence in customer service, all of this stuff, talking about change, talking about vision. We are we're going somewhere, forward to the future on a journey. Voice. We speak your language. We spoke with you, not at you. Tone, personality, energy, language. Oh dear, the company in a nutshell. All of this stuff. Colors. Okay, out of it, Paul. I want to get out of this. I want to put it aside for a while. I want to plug in the, the laptop to a power source. I want to go back to wondering whether I should get an iPhone 7 or an iPhone 8. Whether I should get a refurbished or a new. Whether I should get a 356 or 256 or a 126 size gigabytes. All these things. Yeah, and whether now is the right time to walk the dog. I wonder what's coming next. This day is certainly an adventure. And it hasn't ended yet. My glasses are fogged. And I'm going to put this phone inside my pullover so that I can be heard by you without the distraction of wind blowing up into the underside of the microphone. I'm walking in Montbon Wood and I'm not sure what the weather's like because my glasses are completely fogged up and there are droplets of water all over. Have I ever told you I only see with one eye? Consequently, what happens in the right-hand side of my spectacles doesn't matter at all. It's not completely black or anything like that. It's just that I can't distinguish anything. So I see everything out of one eye, the left eye. <coughs> it's only relevant to the fact that I've got uh, multi, very old focus, multi, uh, multifocals, or what do you call it, very focals, very focals. And uh, they're cheaper when you have only one good eye because the other eye can be plain glass and doesn't cost very much to, to have put in. And I do need my very focals changed because my eyes have deteriorated a bit and it would be great to have new sharp eyes. This is not a report on my medical condition. This is a demonstration of, of the fact that I'm not the, the fittest person in the world. And you can hear me huffing and puffing as I walk along here. Having been listening on 
to a few people on WhatsApp listening to wonderful drumming in Alberta, put there by Debbie Bridge. Can't thank her enough for that. I've had a go at thanking her, but over there on WhatsApp, but it won't be enough. I also feel thankful to Robin Milne, who's sent me a, a good collection, goodly collection of one minute messages. Fantastic, we've exchanged, I don't know, a batch load each to each other. All started by Robin, who said some things on her, on her podcast, which I listened to. And that's what I really uh, believe is possible. It's possible on Anchor to talk with the podcaster in a way that I can't do on anywhere else. I used to be able to do it on audio boom. And I'm quite uh, struck by the extent to which anchor, Michael Mignano in particular in his recent communication, was talking about stuff that is so, so similar to audio boo and its journey. Especially a, a strong point he made about being interested in uh, what I'll call the tiny weenie podcaster, the person who has five listeners and who may indeed be, be recording audio for their colleagues at work and for their friends and family, but not really have any ambition to get there, what they have to say and how they say it and their message and all that out to a wider audience. But people who are, what would you call it, nano-niche, is it? Anyway, it's a really tiny niche. And how Michael spoke eloquently, fascinatingly, as far as I was concerned, about Anchor's intention to provide a special service to those people. Especially because Audio Boom, long after it was founded, um, it decided it really wanted to dispense with all the people who were recording pieces of audio and sharing them in a very small niche and who generally were not focusing on a particular topic, were focusing on a particular life, let's say, or lives. The Now, what happened? Oh yes, Mark Rock, who founded Audio Boo originally, and Bernie Goldbach would know this story even better than I do know it, but Mark Rock, who founded it, um, communicated the simplicity of Audio Boo that you could have the app on your phone and you could simply record audio and put it out there and other people would listen to it and other people could respond to it. In fact, it was so uh, designed for short communications that I think the original uh, maximum length of free, uh, free recording that you were given was either two or three minutes subsequently increased to five, and I can't remember the exact pace at which it went higher than that, but it was primarily designed around short pieces of audio, and the word podcasting was never used. It was audio communication, short form audio communication, and it had a splendid website, it had splendid functionality, which gradually improved. And, uh, and then, 
well, the shit hit the fan at one stage. I'm not going to go through the history of it. But what I find it fascinating is that to hear Michael Mignano talking about niche podcasting for a tiny audience. You see, that's what audio boo was in 2010 and 11, 12 and 13. I forget when it morphed into audio boom. And uh, I forget when Mark Rock was rather unceremoniously kicked out of his position as founder and CEO. Anyway, that's another story, and I don't know much of the inside story of that. But it has had an influence, of course, on my interpretation of everything that's been happening on Anchor since the original iteration of it after it came out of beta and went into Anchor version 1. And uh, the, the interesting thing was that there was a remarkable contrast between the communication um, strategy of Audio Boo and even as it became Audio Boom in comparison with Anchor because the one thing certain is that Audio Boo, when it became Audio Boom, did not transform even though it changed its name, put an M on the end of it, not, and lots of people didn't like that, but it didn't do anything to your user experience, which was dastardly, and uh, except some way down the road when it basically dismantled all forms of social communication, all forms of, yes, social interaction, and moved to being a pure podcasting uh, platform. All of that is, I, I didn't mean to say so much about this, because what I really wanted to tell you about were the ferns. I'm literally in a, a forest, feast of ferns, the three F's, and none of them are underfoot. So I'm walking on a track, a trail, what we'd call a path, I suppose. In the UK, it could be called a bridleway. Um, it isn't a... I suppose it could be called a boreen as well. Yeah, there are all these words, you see. A trail, a track, a boreen. Um, there are probably other ones that I can't think of right now. And uh, there's... The one in the UK about a bridleway is one of my favourites because it clearly connects with that it was a, a trail over which horses were... It was designed and maintained and maybe it grew from, it probably did grow from cattle drovers driving animals to market and that then when that stopped being, you know, a cross-country thing and, you know, people would walk their cattle, you know, without any doubt up to a hundred miles uh, to the market. Now, don't trust me as a historian of this but I do believe people would have walked a long way. Perhaps I would be more accurate to say 50 miles, because I suppose there were markets in almost every small town. But I'm talking about the era before they had wagons into which they loaded the, the cattle, the pigs. The, well, I don't never think of pigs being driven to market. I do know that cows and heifers were driven to market. 
and of course horses were driven to market, ridden to market. I'm now standing in my favourite spot in the woods under beech trees. Steep slope down to a river, it's really a stream, way below. I wouldn't want to guess, I would say it's got to be more than a hundred feet below. Um, anyway, through the trees, all beech trees, fantastic. Beautiful colours. I remember this spot when there were no leaves on any of these trees and you could see directly out into the sky. And I remember thinking, I wonder what this will be like when the sun comes down through the leaves that will grow on these branches. Well, the sun has gone away. The drought is over in Ireland. We are getting water. I haven't fully adjusted to the fact that the, the drought is over and I'm still regarding rain, even this kind of mist, as a very desirable thing, very good for the garden and very good for growth in general. Brown patches are becoming <laughs> verdant again, perhaps. Um, a good deal of things have, have failed in the garden, if you like. None of the few apple trees that I have have any apples on them. Um, I have one, I have only one pear tree and it does have a few pears on it. The plums, not a single plum this year. Well, they're the only fruits that are growing in my house. Like most years, the plums are too many to be eaten even. And they all become ripe, or a huge quantity of them become ripe at around the same time. So there's a lot of plums and before you rush to saying, great Paul, you could make plum jelly, you could make plum jam. I've never made a jam in my life and the only jelly that I remember fondly making was made out of a packet with a lot of gin poured into it. A tin of something like raspberry uh, raspberry juice and gelatin, red jelly, but instead of it being loads of hot water, only a small amount of hot water and the rest made of gin. A really wonderful <laughs> I was going to say end of party, but it could be at the beginning of a meal. A bit like a Clear the palate after the first um, course. Eat the gin jelly. Truth be known, I don't remember whether the one I made was made with vodka or gin. I certainly would have no hesitation in making it with gin today. And in fact, I have some gins in the house that I would only drink under very special circumstances. In other words, they really are a bit horrid and they would go down quite nicely with sweet fruit juice and, uh, and raspberry jelly. Perhaps I will do that sometime soon. I'm trying to remember what temperature alcohol freezes at. I know it boils at a lower temperature than uh, water. And I'm trying to think, how did the gin go down, the alcohol go down when mixed with gelatin? Because it's certainly set but I can't remember. I don't remember having any difficulty 
with its setting and I also don't remember consulting Google because this was before Google I don't remember consulting any chemistry uh, encyclopedias or textbooks so here we are still walking still talking little bird just flown across the path green and purple growth I don't know if there really are weeds but they give a bit of colour here there's so many different tones of green around me I read somewhere not too long ago that the eye is capable of distinguishing some astronomical number of different tones of colour astronomical shockingly high and of course it is incapable of distinguishing a whole range of other colours which are beyond the spectrum that it can distinguish but the ones it can distinguish are phenomenal okay time to time to let go 16 minutes of life a 16 minute adventure in the wood an audio adventure I still haven't changed the name of my podcast from from Cork with love adventure to from Cork with love adventures maybe that's the next thing I should do Well, at last, it's nine o'clock. Thank goodness. And I'm not saying it's thank goodness because it's nine o'clock. I'm saying thank goodness because I've reached a peak. There's a, there's a point in doing any particular piece of work where you say stop, stop. Something inside you says stop. Any more and you might spoil it. We've done enough. Any more could be over the top. The client won't expect any more. The client, you know, will any more will just overwhelm the client. If anything, we just got to make sure we're not giving too much. Now we just got to present it. We have all the content. We have all the logic. We have, we have, uh, yeah, we have our message. Our message is clear enough. For the next phase, which is to present it to the client in a spirit of conversation, discussion, not as a finished product. We must leave space in what the work we've done for the client to add value, to put those, to, to add something, to enrich it, to make it even more relevant. We don't need to provide all the answers we need to provide an opportunity which will we'll share with the client of having grasped the big issue and made such progress with it that we all we both feel we're getting somewhere so and i've reached that point i now need to i've said to roger in a email i think you're ready now to send it to our 
editorial director. Yes. I think it's ready to go to her because it'll come back from her and we'll have to make some tweaks and then it goes to the client on Friday. But I've, uh, yeah, so not only am I my brain too tired to do any more, but I do believe that I've done enough. No idea how Roger is feeling. We're working in a, in a uh, Google Doc. We're working on, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, Google Drive. Yes, we have a, we have a, Google, a Google Doc. And we have uh, photographs in it. We have, um, uh, we have photographs. We have words. We have, yeah, colors. We have color palettes. We have, uh, this is the kind of imagery that is suggested. This is the kind of imagery that isn't suggested. This is what the uh, logo should uh, should suggest. Ah, this is what makes the business different. All of that, and I don't. I I must turn it off. I must turn it off and not see it anymore. Anymore, you can turn off Google Docs. It does not go. It doesn't. You don't lose anything when you turn it off. I have to. I'm shutting my laptop, and I'm going to. Have a cup of tea. I'm going to tidy the kitchen a bit. And I'm going to watch Hostages. Yeah. An Israeli drama on TV. Yeah, couldn't recommend it too highly for anybody who's interested in drama. This is a really well written, good development of characters. Um, tense. Yeah, moral dilemmas, personal problems, really good. Um, where is it available? Netflix, I think. Yeah, Netflix. I had great fun last night trying to figure out how you get subtitles because it's all in Hebrew. And my Hebrew is very ropey. I wasn't able to understand... Uh, some of what was going on. So, I go, how do I get the subtitles while I'm watching Netflix? And I thought, oh, maybe it's my television. I get the subtitles from the TV. I'm not very good at this sort of stuff. And I thought, well, maybe it's Netflix who have the, uh, who give me the, uh, the subtitles. Well, it turned out to be Apple TV that give me the subtitles. I learned something. Keep on learning. So, I'm thrilled to say, this will be the second last uh, piece of audio I record, I think. I really do. It's now time to eat a peach. I have not eaten a peach. I think I've probably eaten a bit of a peach, but I haven't eaten a peach this year. I remember as a kid when I went to France, 13, 14, 15 years old, the peaches were bigger than my head, certainly bigger than my mouth, and they were just, oh, to die for. I remember eating a whole kilo of peaches, walking five kilometers to the local village. Yes, oh, it was just fabulous. 
Anyway, here's to uh, here's to a peach of a day. And uh, I don't know what's going to be the last piece of audio, but I must give a bit of thought to it. I wonder if I could put a little bit of uh, Roger's thoughts into the very end of this. That would please me. I must find a bit that he wouldn't mind me sharing. We did record a lot of our meeting this morning. Might be fun to add a bit. Come on. Come on, stop. Yeah. See you later. You can talk to me. I'll, okay. I'll so give you. I'll give you the phone though, because uh, of the, the the ambient sound or oh. whatever. So you can now. I can talk. talk can I? We were just, we were just talking. talking. Today is what day? Today it is, is the, Wednesday, the first of August, and it is one minute to ten o'clock in the morning. We are sitting in Cafe Beva. As you come in, at the far end, there are two benches with faux leather and cloth and we're in the, uh, the right hand most one there we are we're in the corn we're in the corn we're in the corn <laughs> um, so what I was, my suggestion for today is this yeah we have breakfast we then have a um, a quick look at the document somewhere either in your kitchen or wherever and we can just look at what we've done so far and agree um, who's, doing, who's doing what today yep. but ideally if possible by the end of the day if we could have a rough draft of the document ready because I'd like, I'd like Anne to have at least a day to go through it and work her magic on it I think it would be a bit harsh on her to turn around and say Friday morning here it is. By the way, can we have it by noon so we can... <laughs> we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. Um, and in fact, that's a mistake. You should always give somebody, when you're dealing with somebody as talented as Anne, you shouldn't give her the perfect finished document. You should leave some space yeah. for her to uh, feel that she's not just <laughs> suggesting trivial things. Well, we can always add in a few mistakes on purpose. You know, yes, there's that. That <laughs> is, uh, yes, yes. So, um, rough draft ready by the end of today yeah um, and what time is the end of today midnight okay <laughs> uh, well de facto in a way what nine o'clock tomorrow what morning do you go to bed these days you don't have to answer that I go to bed at midnight these days right okay. um, so I have not I have not changed my routine whatsoever um, anyway tea arrives and the coffee arrives and the biscuit goes back thank you and the wake up um, so doing the um, doing the colour scheme I use something that Adobe has it's a brilliant 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 piece of software so it's a colour wheel and you highlight on it the colours that you want to integrate into your colour scheme right and it automatically spits out the five or six options that you have for colour schemes based on that. One is using complementary colours, one is using monochromatic colours. It's very, very good. 